0: Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Activate Podcast. If you'd like to check out more uh, episodes, you can check that out on iTunes or on soundcloud.com by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. Uh, We're going to pray and then we're going to get right into the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you that you walk with us, that Jesus, if we seek you, that we'll find you when we seek you with all of our heart. God, I thank you for all that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that we would just have a mindset of gratitude in our lives, that we would recognize all the things that you've done for us and given us and all the ways that you're moving in our lives. Lord, I pray that our hearts would turn towards thankfulness day in and day out. Lord, thank you for these moments together, and God, I pray that your word would come alive and be revealed in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right, well, today we're going to take a look in Matthew chapter 2, and in Matthew chapter 2, we're going um, backwards to the Christmas story, uh, the Christmas account, and we're going to talk a little bit about King Herod. Uh, King Herod represents the evil. King in the story, and Jesus represents the good in the story. Uh, We're going to take a look at uh, what King Herod did. So, uh, Matthew chapter two, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during that time when Herod was king. After Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where's the baby who was born to be the king of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and we came to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, new king of the Jews, he was, here's the word, troubled. And all the people in Jerusalem were worried too. Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law. He asked them where the Christ would be born. They answered in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet wrote about this in the scriptures. And it goes on. If we skip down uh, Matthew chapter two and we go to verse 10, it says, when the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. Joy. So we have two opposite things. We have the wise men who are filled with joy at the announcement of the king. And we have Herod who was troubled and the people who were worried. When we worry, we are like King Herod. When you worry, you are seeing other people as a threat. When you worry, you're seeing other people as a threat. You're getting your news from other people, not from the throne room of God. Do you see what King Herod was doing? He was worrying about uh, this other king being born. He was worried about other people. He was not secure in who he was. He wasn't secure in the position that he had as king. He was worried that it could be taken away from him. He was worried about other people and he got his news from other people. He didn't get his news from the throne room of God. When you're like King Herod, that means you're going off of other people's inspirational word, not your own. So there are uh, prophets and... The, the religious people, the priests that had the word that knew what was going on, but King Herod was getting his word from those people. He wasn't hearing from God himself. Many times in our lives we're worried because we're going off of somebody else's cool Facebook meme and we're going off of somebody else's word that they heard from the Lord and not the one that God has designed and, and made just for us. We're going off of somebody else's uh, inspiration and not directly from God. You're going off of others' inspirational word and not your own. God's desire is to be Emmanuel, God with you. God with you. King Herod was troubled. The word is troubled. I know there's many times in our lives where we feel troubled and we have to look at why is it that we feel troubled. And we have to remember when we worry, when we're troubled, we are, we're taking the, the role in the, the play. We're taking the role of King Herod. Worry leads to trouble. Worry leads to wrong actions. Worry leads towards us wanting to fix a problem. Not having a word from the Lord leads us to secondhand information. Worry makes you depend on people who are not God. Worry leads you to the wrong and hasty action. The Bible tells us, do not let your heart be troubled, but trust also in me, Jesus said. Don't let your heart be troubled. That means there's something you can do about it. That means when you start to feel anxious or worried, you have to go back to the truth. You have to go back and say, who who am I going to be in this account that's that's unfolding right before me? Who am I going to be in this situation? When you get bad news or when you get a bad diagnosis or when things don't turn out the way that you plan for an afternoon adventure, like whatever the thing is, when the person doesn't like you or the things don't go your way, who are you going to be in the story? Are you going to be like the wise men? who got direction directly from God, who saw a sign in the stars and were filled with joy? Or are you going to be the King Herod of the situation, who is troubled and worried and makes all the other people around him worried and calls on other people to give him words? See, we fit into two places in this story. We're either like King Herod or we're like the wise men. And too often, we take on the role of King Herod. Too often, we just get all jumbled up and we get anxious because our our bedrock, our trust is not in God. Our trust ends up being in ourselves and in words from other people. And it's all jumbled because it's not a word directly from the throne room for us. So what can we do with this? What can we do with this? How do we move from being like Herod to being like the wise men? We have to remember who God is and who we are. And I say it all the time, but it's a timeless truth that we have to set deep in our hearts. Who is God and who am I? God is the one who causes the snow to start and the snow to stop. We have no control over it. God is the one who causes the sun to rise and tells it when to set. We have no control over that. He's the God who created galaxies. He's the God who speaks life into existence. He's the God who created you, designed you, made DNA, made bodies to function. He's so beyond us. He's God. We're not. And when we set our our face on the fact that he's God, we can trust in him more than we can trust in ourselves. Worry makes you depend on people other than God. Worry makes you depend on people and not on God. When you start to worry, you start to think that I can do something about this. And that's what King Herod did. He, he said, I can do something about this. And that's when he had secret meetings and when he called the wise men to himself. And he's trying to fix a problem that cannot be fixed. He's trying to make a way that he, there's no way that he's going to go up against the God of the universe and win. He even has all the babies killed, all the baby boys killed, but it still doesn't work. No matter how many times he spins his wheels, no matter what he does, it's not going to work against God. And so if you choose to play the part of King Herod in your life situation, you can try every trick, every uh, master plan that you can come up with. You can call secret meetings. You can work at it. You can try hard. You can strive, but you're not going to beat the Lord you're not going to beat the Lord. It's better to be a wise man and to be joyful at whatever situation that God puts in your, in, in your path and not to be jealous of other people, but to be secure in who you are and who God's designed you to be. See, there's some differences here that I want to contrast between Herod and the wise men. Herod had worry. The wise men had trust. Worry versus trust. When things don't go your way, when things are hard, what do you, what's your default worry or trust? Is it, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Or is your response? My God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I trust my God. I don't understand, but I trust my God is bigger than me. And he's got my best interest in mind. The other difference between Herod and the wise man, Herod was troubled. The wise men were filled with joy. When someone rises to power, are you troubled or filled with joy? Isn't every ruler put there because God placed them there? Isn't every season of our lives, doesn't God go with us and before us and right next to us and prepare a way for us? Should we be troubled or filled with joy? Herod heard about Jesus. The wise men saw him for themselves. Are you going to be the person that hears about Jesus on Sunday morning? Who hears about Jesus on Facebook and through podcasts? Are you going to be the person that just hears about him? Are you going to be the person that gets right in there and knows him? The Bible says when you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. Do you just want to hear about God? Or do you want to know him? What's holding you back today from knowing him? What's holding you back today from taking an hour of your day and dedicating it unto the Lord and saying, God, here I am. Speak to me. What's one hour of your day? God, speak to me. Are you like Herod or are you like the wise men who went and saw him for themselves? Herod ends up because he's worried and troubled and he's hearing about someone who could dethrone him. He's hearing about someone who doesn't follow the plan that he had. He then starts to take life away. He starts to kill the baby boys. He's taking away life. And the wise men, what do they do instead? They give gifts. See, when you trust in, when you trust in the Lord, when you trust in Jesus, when you have joy, when you see God for yourself, then you can start to give gifts, Then you're not holding on tightly with white knuckles to your money. You're not holding on tightly to friendships and relationships and positions. Then you can give gifts. But when you're like Herod, when things start to change and things don't follow your path or your plan that you had, you start to take life. You start to cut people down. You start to gossip. You start dissension. You start all kinds of things that are not meant to be because you're not trusting in God, you're trusting in yourself. The next thing that Herod does is he allows bitterness, jealousy, and greed to fester in his belly where the wise men have wisdom. Trust, joy, they see God, they give gifts, and they're filled with wisdom. Herod is worried and troubled. He hears about God but doesn't go to himself. He begins to take life, and he's filled with bitterness, jealousy, and greed. And ultimately, what is Herod? path lead to death. And ultimately what does the wise man's path lead to life? Worry will lead to death. Trust will lead to life. Worry will lead to death. Trust will lead to life. Herod was fooled in the end. He was tricked by the wise man. He was fooled. And his plan did not work out. The wise men had clear direction. Do you want clear direction in your life? Trust God. Be filled with joy. Seek the Lord. Give good gifts. Be filled with wisdom. Seek life and you'll have direction. Have you ever heard of King Arkelius? King Arkelius? Doubtful that anyone right now is like, oh, I know that guy. King Arkelius is the son of King Herod. Now, King Herod wanted all this to fall into place to elevate his own son, King Archelaus. But we've never even heard of him because he was the son of an evil king. Have you ever heard of Jesus? Of course you have. Well, he is the son of the reigning king, and we've heard of him because he is holy and just. You can't make your seed King. Only Jesus can be King. Someone needs to hear that again and let it sink in. You can't make your own seed, the King. Only Jesus can be King. That place is already taken in the world. The King is Jesus. It is not your children. It is not you. It's not anything you can formulate. It is God and God alone, period. God and God alone, You can't elevate yourself. You can't elevate someone else. God chooses. God is king. God is the reigning king. Archelius was the son of an evil king. And he couldn't be elevated no matter how hard his father tried. There's some verses in Matthew that talk about how we value our children. And it says that we can't value our children above God. We cannot value our children above God. And I know that hits a lot of people. If God tells you to do something, will you do it? Just like Abraham bringing his son up on the mountain and saying, God, even if you take this promised son who I love so much, I'll trust you above loving him. Do you trust God above loving your children? Have you put your children before God? Are you more likely to go to a basketball game than spend time with Jesus? Have you spent more time trying to figure out what your children want? trying to figure out what God wants? Have you spent more time figuring out their schedules than what God has scheduled for you? God has to reign supreme. And when we put God first, it just all falls in line like it did for the wise men. When we seek out that wisdom, when we have that trust, when we have joy, when we seek God, then we can give gifts to our children. Then our children will be blessed. But when we put our children above God, then ultimately they will not be blessed because what we have in our heart is secondhand words. We have words that we just got regurgitated from someone else. You see, this word today, this word is for me from God, and I'm sharing it with you, but you need to seek the Lord yourself. You need to go before the throne room of grace and say, God, I am seeking you with all of my heart. What do you have for me today? God has such a unique set of blueprints for your life. We're not, we're not meant to follow in the footsteps of someone else. We're meant to follow in the footsteps of the King of Kings, of Jesus, and he has a plan and a purpose just for you, designed just for you. We don't live by money. We don't live by fame. We don't live by the accolades of people. We don't even live from food. We live by words from heaven. We live by words from heaven. Jesus talks about this when he goes uh, into the desert to be alone and then he's tempted by the devil and he says, a man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. We can't live by what we decide we want to live by. Our master plan pales, is so tiny in comparison to the plan that God has. And when we set ourselves up, when we make a plan for our lives, and we say, this is the direction I'm going, and we never even consider the God of the universe. We just put him in there as second place or third place on our list of, 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 of priorities. We're proving that we don't value God in our lives. We're proving that we would rather make ourselves king. We would rather make our children king. We would rather make food our king or money our, our king or fame or people's accolades our king rather than the God in heaven. The Bible is full of, of doing Not just hearing the Word of God, but doing what He asks us to do. And we could talk all day long about Jesus, but until it's put into action, until we do the things that He's called us to do, it's just thoughts in our mind. We have to act out what God has asked us to do. We have to actually pray. We have to actually read the Word of God. We actually have to help the poor, the sick, the widow, the orphan. We actually have to get going with the things that God has called us to. The wise men actually followed the star. They actually got up and went. Abraham actually got up and went. Noah actually built a boat. Joseph actually built storehouses and stored up food. And people actually did the things that God had called him to do. David actually threw a stone at Goliath. He didn't just talk about how good God was. He proved it by his actions. And James would echo the word, show me your faith by your works. Show me your faith by what are you doing? Don't just say I'm this or I'm that or I'm a Christian. If you're a Christian, your, your world shifts and your actions change. And I was talking to a close friend this week and we were talking about uh, how, how inconvenient true love is. Not true romantic love, but true love for people is super inconvenient. It never falls in line with the hour you want it to fall in. The person who calls you for help never calls it a convenient time. But it's when you go and you do the things that God is calling you to do, when you go and you love, when you sacrifice the things that you think are important, you find out what's really important. The value of every single other human being. The value of every other person on this planet. That God died for each one of these people. Mother Teresa and a lot of Catholic saints will talk about it a lot uh, like this. They'll say, whatever you're doing for someone, it's like you're doing it for Jesus. And the Bible says it too. It says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did also for me. If you offered a cup of cold water in my name, it's like offering a cup of cold water to me. So every single person on this planet, Jesus came and he died for. Every single person on this planet is valuable. Every single person on this planet deserves our attention, our love. But so many of us are too worried, too troubled, that instead of giving life, we're giving death. Instead of giving gifts, we're giving bitter, jealous, gossip, dissension. And that's what we're offering the world. That's our salt. That's our light. And it's ugly. And it's hypocritical. The book of Matthew says the word hypocrite so many times. And it talks about what a hypocrite was and uh, what a hypocrite is. And it's so relevant to us today. A hypocrite does so many things. They show off, they judge other people, and they follow their own rules instead of God's. Doesn't that sound like Herod? Shows off, judges others, follows their own rules instead of God's. And that's us too. We'll follow our own rules instead of God's. God's rules are so simple. They're so simple. They're so simple. Worry leads to trouble. Worry leads to the wrong actions. Worry leads to us wanting to fix things. Worry leads to us grasping from words from, to, from other people instead of right from the throne room of heaven. Worry leads us to second-hand information. Worry leads us to depend on people who are not God. Worry leads us to the wrong, hasty action. So we have to decide in this moment of today... January, 2019, am I going to worry or am I going to trust? And it's a decision. Don't let your heart be troubled. That means some of us are letting our hearts be troubled. We're allowing trouble in. We're letting ourselves give ourselves over to worry. And we're not putting God on the throne. We're putting ourselves or someone else there. We're saying our plan is better than the plan that God has laid out for our lives. It doesn't matter what happens today. It doesn't matter if there's a car accident or a bad diagnosis or trouble with your kid at school or trouble in your marriage or trouble. It doesn't matter what happens. My trust is in God and God's going to see me through any financial crisis, any family crisis, any crisis at all. He already saw it coming. It says a bird can't die without God knowing it, that he knows even the hairs on our head. He knows And so no matter what happens, I have to choose if I'm going to let my heart be troubled or if I'm going to trust, worry or trust, trouble or joy. Don't let your heart be troubled, be full of joy. Are you going to hear about him or are you going to go see him? Are you going to take life or are you going to give good gifts? Ultimately, in the end, worry leads to death in the circumstances of your life, but trust leads to life and it gives you direction and where you're supposed to go in wisdom. And so we have to choose today. Who are we going to serve? We have to choose today. Are we serving ourselves? Are we trying to uh, elevate our own seed, our own self into the place of the King? Are we acting like Herod? Are we going to act like the wise men? Who are we in the account of our life? Who are we in the story of our lives? Today, I pray that you choose to seek the Lord with all of your heart, to lean not on your own understandings, but in everything, acknowledge God and let him direct your path, because in Him, there is fullness of joy. In Him, there's everything that we need. When we trust in ourselves, you know, there's the the verse in the Bible that says, some men trust in chariots, some men trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. And that's where we need to get to. That's what we need to boil everything down to, that I'm going to trust in the plans and the purposes that God has for my life. And even if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even if things around me look terrible and dark, I will trust in the greatest light that ever shone in any bit of darkness, and that's the King of Kings. I don't want to trust in King Archelius. I don't want to elevate myself. I don't want to elevate my children. I want to elevate Jesus. I want to look to King Jesus. I want him to be on the throne. I want my eyes set upon him. And I hope that today you do too. So today, choose are you going to worry or are you going to trust? Are you going to live by money and fame and people or food? Or are you going to live from a word from heaven? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us, that you came from heaven to earth to be born on this earth, to live a, a sinless life, that you came to sacrifice yourself for my very sins, that I could have freedom. God, I pray that I would be like a wise man. God, I pray like I would uh, I would be like the wise men in the, the account of, of the birth of Jesus. Help me, Lord, to be filled with trust and joy. Help me, God, to be filled with a desire and a longing and, and a need to be in your presence. God, I pray that you would be my direction direction. God, I pray against anxiety and worry. God, I pray against the attitude that we have to elevate ourselves. God, help us to be made lower that you could be lifted up. God, because when you're lifted up, all men are drawn to you. God, when you're lifted up, every problem. Every situation gets smaller. God, I want to lean on you. I don't want to lean on my own understanding because compared to you, the God who told the sun when to rise this morning, it's so small compared to you, the God who told the ocean where to stop. God, I don't know more than you. God, I'm not bigger than you. God, I surrender myself to you. God, I want to be a slave to righteousness. God, I want to be a servant of yours. I don't want to be a servant of myself and my own will. God, I pray that I could put to death myself, that I could elevate you and that, God, you would be glorified. God, I pray that we would be life givers. We would be good gift givers, that, God, we wouldn't be here taking, that we wouldn't be here protecting ourselves, but, God, we'd be here surrendering our very lives to who you are. God, be glorified in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.